0: Well, um, it is five past, so let's go ahead and get started. There may be a few others that join still, but this close to the holidays, people are already starting to take time off and they may join or they may not, but let's just go ahead and begin. So, of course, our usual agenda is let you know what we've been up to since last call, what we are actively working on, and what's kind of coming up soon, and then give you a chance to ask us any questions or give us any feedback that you have for us that will help us to get better, because that's what we want to do always. So, um, we've got a lot of projects in flight, not to mention all of the claims database projects, which are also numerous. Uh, let me start with our progress with the skilled nursing facilities. I think a lot of people are aware that we had a, a project to implement all of the point-click care skilled nursing facilities as data centers into DIN. So there are 30, I think it's 35. It's been kind of a, the, the final number has been a bit of a moving target. But we have 29 skilled nursing facilities that are live in production, sending us ADTs, which is the basis for our event notification. So that's very important to our ACOs. Uh, There are six more that are in progress. And so, you know, fulfilling the use case of event notification is nearly done. The CCDs that we've been getting, the care summaries that we've been getting from the skilled nursing facilities have been quite a bit more problematic. Even though they're all coming from a point-click care EHR, they're not all the same. And they don't all conform to the standard that ONC has promulgated. It's been very challenging to try to work with point-click care and the SNFs to get the changes that are needed. We've been doing some work on the DIN side to see to what degree would it even be possible for us to do some transformations that would normalize these things and allow us to ingest them. There's been modest progress, but some of them are just so nonconformant that it would not even be possible or realistic for us to do the transformations to make them conformant. So I think what the team is currently evaluating is the ability to, instead of try to pull them in as an entire CCD document, pull them in as parsed, into individual data elements and see if we can uh, get the critical data in that way. So I see Erica on the call and Erica, you're much closer to the technical pieces of this than I am. Is there anything you could add in the way of um, further color?
1: (laughs) Okay, so yes, the documents that we're receiving-
0: um, We're not hearing you very well, Erica.
1: I'm sorry. The documents that we're uh, receiving from uh, external organizations, a lot of them are unable to be uh, displayed appropriately in their entirety in our system. So what we're looking at doing is taking uh, pieces of the documents that we are able to display, like results, problems, uh, medications, uh, encounters, things of that nature, and able to display them as individual items within the CHR. So that that takes a little bit of uh, work for us to do to actually take the document and parse out individual pieces. We are close to possibly having that uh, whole logic um, from our vendor implemented. Um, We're looking at possibly having that available sometime in the beginning of the year. Um, And then it will take us some time to actually go through the the, uh, CCDs To determine what type of things need to be done to ensure that they meet our uh, vendor specification to ensure that they're parsed out appropriately and displayed within the CHRs uh, in a manner that uh, should be uh, appropriate for a view in the uh, clinical and community health record.
0: Very good. That sort of ties in to the next project, and we've been talking about this one for quite a long time. And it turned out that there were th- actually three projects that were sort of joined at the hip, and we weren't able to move one forward without impacting the others. That is the upgrade from fire release three to fire release four, and again, if you're not technical, don't worry about that. But if you are technical, you'll understand that's a fairly important modernization of the FIRE standard, which is becoming sort of the de facto standard for slowly replacing document-based exchange and um, some of the older HL7 um, exchange protocols. And so upgrading to the most current release is going to be important for keeping us current and able to do some of the forward-leaning things that we want to be able to do. Tied to that project were two others that you would see. You, you're not going to see anything as end users when we complete the Fire Four upgrade. That's all you know background underpinning work, and there's nothing that will be visible to the end users as a result of that project. But there are two things that are dependent on it that will be visible. And one of them is parsing CCDs into the individual data elements so that they can display in the community health record, not as a whole document, but as data elements along with others of the same type. Notably labs. One of the things that uh, we've heard from a lot of our physician end users is they really would like to have visibility into labs that are done in a practice. And the only way we're going to get that is through a CCD because all of these um, individual small practices have not set up interfaces between their office lab system and DIN. So if they send it to us in a CCD, we'll get it. But up until now, it only displays as a line in a very long document that frankly nobody reads because it's too long and cumbersome and tedious. So if we can pull that lab value out and place it alongside other labs that come to us as transactions from the hospitals and the, um, the reference labs, it will put it in a user context that makes it more accessible and more friendly. And of course, there's other elements, not just labs, but allergies and um, vital signs. The only place we're going to get vital signs is as a part of a CCD. So if you want to be able to track blood pressure across time, you know, being able to pull that out of a document and display it um, longitudinally, I think is going to create some value. So um, the other thing that we've been trying to do is parse claims. As I think many are aware, we uh, operate the state's all-payer claims database in addition to the clinical applications that we host, and that means we get a monthly batch file of claims from um, pretty much all of the, the commercial payers in the state. And so we're saying, you know, we only get them once a month, so it's not like it's real time, but it covers a continuum of care that we're not currently getting data from. And so if we could pull out of a claim elements that are clinically relevant, such as diagnosis codes, dates and locations of service, rendering provider, you know, so on and so forth, and put that alongside similar data elements in the community health record, that would be helpful. Well, the big one that we thought would really add value is being able to parse out the pharmacy data. So we're getting pharmacy benefit claims. So, Erica, give us the update on where that stands. It's one I think we're getting close, but (laughs) we're not quite across the finish line yet.
1: Uh, Currently,
0: where we are
1: with the pharmacy claims is uh, right now that will definitely go live at the beginning of the year along with the fire Four upgrade and what you'll see are claims from pharmacies uh, that will display in our medication section of the community health record and it'll be just the basic information the name of the uh uh medication the date and the name of the uh provider who ordered it so those will be the thing, the uh di- data elements you'll see in the community health record and it'll be identified from the pharmacy so definitely you'll be able to tell where the medication came from, as opposed to um, a provider order, so to speak.
0: So um, those have turned out to be much harder projects than we expected. We actually had planned to be live on them by the end of last uh, June. And clearly we missed that target by a good long way. Um, But hopefully we're finally uh, getting close to to the finish line on that one. And so we'll be very interested in feedback from our users as to whether you are finding the additional information as valuable as we believe it will be. Um, The other really huge thing that's on our plate right now is evaluating a potential replacement of our community health record. Again, for those who may or may not be aware, Audacious Inquiry, who is the vendor for our current CHR solution, has indicated that they are going to cease supporting that. They're moving in a different direction as a company, and they will no longer support the CHR after next December. So we are on a fairly accelerated timeline to identify and implement a replacement We originally solicited proposals from five different um, vendors. Three of them, when they saw our full requirements document, said, we can't do that. And they dropped out. So we're down to two now that have a serious offering that is um, definitely worth looking at. Uh, We've had a number of conversations with both parties. We have had technical conversations as well as basic, you know, user kind of needs uh, presented. And then we've had a full day of demonstration of the product from both of our proposing vendors We did include representatives from several stakeholder organizations. We had somebody from the Moors, from Christiana, from Westside, from the state. And where was our other one? I think we had a fifth one, Rahul from, um, from Doctors Pathology Service. We offered the opportunity for them to ask any questions of the vendors and provide feedback we got some really good feedback from everybody. There's um, there's a general sense that both candidates have some strengths and both have some weaknesses. And so it'll be, <laughs> it, w- it will be, it's not, there's not a clear, you know, this one is miles ahead of the other kind of a proposal. Um, we are expecting final written proposals from both contenders by Monday. And we will then, so that, that's the first time that we'll see pricing information as well as the technical capabilities. So we'll be looking at pricing information along with the demos and along with um, their, their proposed implementation strategy. And we'll be making our final selection in January. Um, not going to give you a precise date at the moment. We've got to leave ourselves a little bit of wiggle room. But we want to take January to make our selection and then possibly into February to complete contracting. And then it's going to be heads down and let's start getting it done. So there'll be obviously a lot of work, a lot of testing, and we got to be live on a new CHR by next December. So stay tuned. (laughs) We have been working on a single sign on ish solution for our Epic hospitals. Our Cerner organizations have had single sign-on for a while now, and our Epic users have been wanting the same. Epic is more challenging to work with in some ways, um, won't go into all the whys and the wherefores. But Nemours in particular had indicated that what they really would like to be able to do is just retrieve documents from DIN through their e-health exchange connection, just like they can retrieve from anywhere else that's on e-health exchange. And we said, well, you ought to be able to do that because we're on e-health exchange. Um, Well, there, you know, again, without going into all the nauseating details, there were some technical things on the background that was timing out before some of the documents were displaying and, you know, whatever. That all seems to be resolved. And Nemours is successfully retrieving documents from DIN through their eHealth Exchange query. Um, They are going to be doing some pretty extensive testing to validate that they're getting complete documents and assuming that this is successful and that they're pleased with what they're getting, we will be going out to our other Epic hospitals to discuss a strategy for how we can get them implemented on the same solution. So, um, you know, progress and uh, we'll be really glad when we've got something that is available to all of our hospital users. Uh, high Trust is the other big elephant in the room. For those of you who have been through a High Trust certification, you know very painfully well that it is, it is a big undertaking and um, it's pretty all-consuming when you're going through it. So we are getting very close to the finish line on submitting all of the evidence that's required for our assessment. Um, our goal is to have all of the evidence submitted by the end of next week so that everybody can go on vacation with uh, without this hanging over their heads. Um, and then we'll just be waiting on high Trust to go through it all and give us a verdict on, uh, yes, we confirm that our certification is renewed for another two years. So uh, stay tuned on that one as well. Uh, the team has been just doing yeoman's work to pull it all together. And uh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> um, there are a number of other projects that we are doing for other of our stakeholders that are kind of one-offs um, because of some system upgrades that uh, different ones of them are doing. Limestone MRI has made a change in their radiology information system, so that impacts our interface with them. Um, MedExpress is updating their laboratory information system, so again, uh, that impacts the interface that we have. Public health is implementing a new solution to replace DEERS, which has been their case management system for a long time. We have been, so we know that the electronic lab reporting and syndromic surveillance feeds coming from the hospitals through DIN to public health will also have to be upgraded as they make that change. And we've been kind of pushing them to say, can you give us a clue when this is likely to start? Because it's going to impact DIN, but it's also going to impact our data centers. that the hospitals need to know this as well and get that into their work queue. So um, what we've been told is they've selected a vendor, but they haven't executed a contract yet. And the entire project, once the contract is signed, is expected to be 18 months but we don't know when across the course of that 18 months our piece of the work will fall so we're continuing to push public health to try to give us just you know give us a clue can you tell us what quarter we we should plan for um, more to come when we learn more we'll share more with you so fingers crossed that um uh, it, you know, it, it may get pushed into FY24. It just all depends on the timing of things. I don't know. We've incorporated it into our work plan for FY23. But obviously, at some point, if we don't see a schedule emerging, then we, we're going to slot other work. We're not going to sit around uh, doing nothing. St. Francis was another one that we have been doing a project for. They were going through their big conversion to Epic. Uh, That is complete. It went off really quite smoothly. I think they're pretty happy with um, where where they are now and um, what they're getting from DIN. So yay for the team for really great work in getting that one completed. We are anticipating working with DOD and VA in the spring to get an e-health exchange um, connection with them. So that will be important new work as well. And we have been talking about onboarding additional behavioral health organizations. We had a grant to bring Sun Behavioral Health on board. We are still waiting on them to finalize contracting with us. We can't move forward without, um, you know, a legal agreement to govern the work. And um, so we're hoping that we're going to hear back from them before very long. But this is another one that at some point um, we've got to schedule other work if it doesn't look like it's going to actually happen when we anticipated it was going to happen. The claims database continues to be a very, very busy line of service. From time to time, I say the claims database, and then I'll say the analytics service line. The truth is that right now, our analytics service line is limited to the claims database until such time as we get our new participation agreements with the data centers executed we have had a number of them come through. Many of the practices have updated their participation agreements. And um, a couple of the hospitals so far have. We've had verbal indications from the others that, yeah, 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 we agree we're going to sign it. We just, we just haven't gotten the updated agreements yet. And again, until we've got the legal basis for being allowed to use the data in that way, you know, we can't do it. It's not a technology limitation. It's a it's a legal agreement limitation. So um, we are hopeful that in the near future, we're going to be able to also start including um, analysis of the clinical data along with claims data that will provide some um, richer and deeper insights. Uh, so stay in tune for that. Got a lot of claims database projects that we're working on, many of them with various state agencies, but some for commercial entities, and I say commercial, I mean non-state entities as well. And then there are some things that DIN is working on internally to help us be more efficient. Uh, one of the things that we have as an organizational goal for the year is to automate 200 hours of work that is currently being done manually every month and get that automated and freeing up 200 hours to do more productive work, I think, is going <laughs> to be extremely valuable. So, again, you won't see Uh, you won't see that work. You'll just see that we're more available to do your work. So that's a good thing. And that's kind of where we are right now and taking a peek into what's coming up in, you know, in the early part of the new year. So let me throw the floor open for any questions or any comments or feedback that you may have for us. And Lynn, I know you hadn't been on in a while, so maybe you haven't been hearing all of this before. And I see Cheryl Hikes joined us. Hi, Cheryl. Yeah, that was a, that was a great update. And I and I'd heard little bits
1: and pieces. I wasn't sure how far along and the timing on the audacious inquiry change. So That was really helpful. And I don't think I'd heard about the Ders change. So um, I've got a few notes to follow my team. But but yeah,
0: great update. You guys are busy yeah we are <laughs> thank you thank this you, is Cheryl you guys are always busy I've, we I've are. never changed right we are that's true that's true I, I I think having a boring year could could we have one boring year <laughs> would be nice but I don't see it anybody else okay Well, hearing none, our next town hall is scheduled for January 18th, and so I hope we'll see you then, and I hope you all have very enjoyable holidays, and um, stay safe, stay well, don't get COVID, (laughs) don't get the flu, go get your immunizations, and we'll see you back in the new year.